Good evening, everyone. Welcome to tonight's Connecting Conversations, where our special guest is Denise Savage. It's another overseas visitor who is uh, <laughs> in Tasmania. Welcome, Denise. It's lovely to have you here. Hello. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, like I was saying, you've been quite, uh, you've been requested. So you're here uh, by popular demand. Bundy wants to hear from you. My goodness. Uh, and uh, lovely to have you with us, Denise. Friends, as we begin this uh, Connecting Conversations, just to mention that uh, it is about connecting with you. So drop us a comment, let us know where you're watching from, and uh, Denise and I will try and uh, chat to some of those comments. We can see them as they come up, and uh, we'll try and show some of them along uh, the way. Denise, uh, like I said, it's great to have you here. Denise is uh, ministering together with Jeff in Tasmania. And uh, perhaps, Denise, you can just share a little bit about yourself, your interests, your family, your work, uh, for those who don't know you. Um, cur yeah, currently living in Hobart in Tasmania, where you can see it's lovely and warm and cosy. Um, we, we nearly got up to 13 degrees today, apparently. Um, we have four children who are now in, three of whom are now in their teenage years. Hello, Elise. Um, and Vanessa, all these people, it's so exciting. Um, they're growing and growing. I think there's only one that's shorter than me now. Um, so right. <laughs> I'm about to be overtaken and be the shortest in the family again. Um, but one of the things that I really love, if, if Tassie wasn't so beautiful and so photo, photogenic, I would struggle to live here. But it's just... Yes, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful playground. Fantastic. I'm wearing short sleeves, by the way, just to just to mention that. And uh, <laughs> when I was looking for a photograph for Denise for the uh, to advertise uh, the event, I had to search through about four thousand of her professional photographs <laughs> of Tasmania before I found one with her face in it. So yeah, it's one of your hobbies, is it? It is one of my hobbies. It's it, it has literally kept me sane through so much. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Yes, which actually feeds into tonight's stuff a little bit. So we'll oh, go great. down there a bit more. Yeah. We'll hear about that in a second. Uh, Denise, before we get into all of that stuff about uh, about the soul, you and Jeff are connected to Bundaberg because uh, you, you ministered here for eight years, uh, part of the ministry team. Sorry? Seven years. Yeah. And uh, and that was a uh, how long ago? Jeff started there probably twenty one years ago. Okay, great. Well, I'm pretty sure that there would be um, th there would be lots of people in Bundy who would love to have a a quick little catch up with you to know where ministry has taken you across the beautiful uh, country that we live in, and um, and uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about about how ministry is going for both you and Jeff at the moment? The fast, I, I would never have anticipated where this ministry adventure really would have taken us. We've, from Rocky, we went across the country to Western Australia um, and had about seven years there, a um, couple of different roles. Um, Jeff, Jeff and I job shared for a little while, um, which was really quite fascinating for us as a family and um, wonderful as for, Jeff, for for us as a married couple and, and sharing that collegiality. Okay. Um, we, we found ourselves um, where Jeff was really good, I wasn't so good, where I was really good, 
Jeff, Sean. So it, we balanced each other out beautifully and worked together really, really well. Um, I wanted to test out my wings out from underneath Jeff's shadow. Um, he right. is a very, he is a dominant character. And, <laughs> and so I wanted to see what I was capable of. And, and part of our time in Perth, I expanded out from under that and, um, and discovered part of what was, was within myself as, as a minister, as a person, as a, a human being. So, um, and then from there, we just knew it was time after a while that um, uh, I got a phone call from someone that we had lived beside um, in Brisbane for a while, was our next door neighbour, now was one of the presbytery ministers in Tasmania. And she rang us up and said, got a couple of placements that could be possibilities here in Tassie. Do you want to come? I said, right. no. <laughs> I want to go where it's cold. <laughs> um, and and Jeff, as he always does, says, well, let's explore where God's call might take us. And so we've ended up here. And um, Jeff's in a congregational placement with Hobart North Uniting Church. We've, we seem to have landed in a lot of northern congregations. Um, right. In wherever we've been. Um, and then I've also picked up a part-time presbytery role my title is Presbytery Minister Leadership Formation. So it's right. working with people to to be the best of who they are, um, to be in a missional capacity as church. So, yeah. Fantastic. And that's, that's how you and I first met uh, down in Alice yeah. Springs. Alice Springs of all places. What a beautiful place that was. Oh, it's stunning. It was magic. Mm. Yeah. Denise, tell us, I mean, that's, that's great. Tell us a little bit about... Um, about how you how you came to faith yourself, how God um, brought you into this relationship, how Spirit worked in your soul. I would have to say that my family has probably been the biggest influence in my own faith journey, particularly growing up. Um, my mom was the youngest of ten, and she had about three or four siblings who were ministers in the life of the church. So right. it kind of increases the odds a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and there was a sense in which I mean, both my mom's family and my dad's family were both um, had a a faithfulness that was tangible. It was a part of everyday life. It mattered um, that. The decisions you made, the way you lived your life, how you encountered other people, all echoed what it was to be a follower of Christ. Mm. Um, and so a lot of our, our family conversations growing up, we'd come home from church and, and we'd just all land on mum and dad's bed and dissect and analyse and then it would be conversations around how that impacted, you know, how how the stuff that we heard in worship that morning could impact our life and what that meant and what it, you know what might it mean for this person and how could we care for this person as a result of that. So that was really influential right? probably a long way through. Um, there's been moments when, when I've journeyed into a space of doubt and questioning who is God, is God real? Um, and it was that tangibility of, of faith in my own family that, that really counted me through that those sorts of moments um, and and became embedded in my own sense of journey, my own, you know, oh. if, if, if God is real, then I can hang on to that. And from that has been my own growing and discovery and encounter with God in all sorts of different ways. Um, yeah. That's, that's a, I love those. You used two phrases there that are amazing. A, a, um, a, ten, a faithfulness that is tangible. 
and and it had echoes um what they did were, was echoes of follow following christ that's uh what an awesome foundation and grounding that is oh, yeah like we we would dad would come in and wake us up at seven o'clock in the morning it's it's story time love and we'd sort of <laughs> we have to and you know but it was to hear the words of scripture, to hear the, the praying heart, it it really was the praying heart, you know, as, as my parents, and we would be invited into that, you know, we would be invited to participate in praying too, that mm. it wasn't just left to, right. to mum and dad, but it was us as well, that we could bring our prayers within that family context. Um, yeah, and the invitation, it was the, and the invitation to participate in, in a church life, um, really enabled that to deepen over time, and um, yeah. Great, thanks, Denise. Now, to get onto the sermon, we've been doing this series of of uh, soul keeping, and um, I'm always conscious when I ask to interview someone that I'm forcing them to listen to a sermon that <laughs> they might not have otherwise listened to. But uh, we're looking I've at loved um, it. oh, that's great. That's uh, thank you. That's that's awesome to know. But I mean, then you know, journeying through the series, looking at this whole concept of souls, and we had this accountability group that I spoke about on on Sunday, where they would ask, "How goes it with your soul?" And uh, you know, it is well with your soul. I've mentioned before. What's your understanding of the soul, and how's it changed over the years? It's an interesting one because there's something within us that I think we want to have this sense of a physicality to it that we can pin it down within our biology and say, there it is. But actually there's something, our biology is, is a part of it, but it's more to it than that. Um, I came across a guy, Brendan Hyde, um, a few years ago, and he'd done some research around children's spirituality and, and the innate nature of children to just, you right. know, they will stand in the beach and, and the wave will come across them and, you know, it's like, I am the wave. Yes. They, they're not a child, but they are the wave. So there's just something in this the spirituality of children that we lose as adults. And so he was doing some research around that and, and you know, what what did that, what clues did that hold to understanding something of, of our soul? And there's been some um, scans and tests and, you know, all sorts of things that researchers like to do. And there's, there's something in, they did some uh, scans of people as they did um, meditative practices or spiritual practices, right. uh, something that you can do while you're you know, dead still in a scanning unit. Um, some meditation <laughs> is really good for that. Um, praying or, you know, just, just even engaging songs of the spirit. Um, and the, the brain light up really highlighted the sense of there's, there's something here. There is something in our biology, in our makeup, in our neuro, mm. neurogenetics, epigenetics, our chemistry, that actually is a God-given gift to connect with something beyond right. ourselves. Um, but when I think of soul, I think of the, there's a location somewhere within me. I, f I might feel it in a place here, but the that the you know the the biology of humanity is is all that work to bring this. But it's a connection. It, it's something that places me in a deep connection with God. Sometimes it's tangible and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's under stress and sometimes it's not. Mm. Um, 
but there's there's ways that I can find a sense and 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 one of the things that you picked up was that that sense of centering sense of mm. the, the the center point and I, and I think that's how I notice it um, within myself um, and yeah okay. that that need for tangibility with the soul um, almost goes in in like what you're speaking about is quite a bit of mystery involved in that. Yeah. And and how we have to become comfortable with mystery. I mean, I come from an engineering background, and I'd love this all to be tangible because then it can be fixed. But uh, <laughs> yes, yes. But what you're speaking about is 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 quite a is quite a sense of of mystery, and and not only becoming comfortable, but enjoying the unknown. Yeah, and and there's a sense of how do you know how do we know when we've bumped into it? How do we know when we when we're in connection with it when it's it's a part of and you know that the integration of it with the whole of who we are i think that's something that that you've picked up in mm. in, in in each of the sermons that you've done is the integration of it and and i think there's something what I, one of my favorite questions is what do we notice about that what are we noticing about our, you know what 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 does our physical noticing help us to tell us about mm. what we can't put our fingers on what we can't make sense of um and and i think there's th the number of times i've heard people describe a sense of completion within themselves when that is at its best and its fullest mm. that you know when when the sense of knowing yes. god's present presence as this yeah that it just completes something within who they are okay um and and I think that's something that I would you know as as I've heard other people say that it's like yeah that's that's what I can say is there too is is a completeness it's okay full. great on Sunday I spoke a little bit about personal devotions and how certainly at the beginning of my ministry that was all seen as you know that was the magic pill that was the key to all all the problems <laughs> of the soul could be sorted out with the personal devotion a different devotional book if you needed it. Um, but I certainly found that that kind of traditionalist understanding wasn't enough for me. It had to go a little bit further. What's your experience of personal devotions? What role do you think they have to play in caring for our soul? I think they have a role, but I think they're not the role. Mm. I think there's an element in which the devotions is there, there's an intentionality of time that it invites us into and an intentionality of tending to. But it's not the only thing that that brings us to that space and place. I can remember as um, a young person when we were growing up on the Darling Downs, I would get, just go wandering yeah. around the backyard and I would see, you know, the trees in the garden. I would say, gee, God, they're really nice trees. <laughs> I really like what you've done with them. So it was, and, and I think for me that sense of conversation with God, conversation with the divine, notice connections mean a lot to me and and it was mm. was connecting the world in which i live with something that was outside of beyond not outside of it but beyond and a part of in a in a in a meaningful way so i think there's there's different people have different ways that they will do that jeff couldn't sit and contemplate the life out of a mug to you know come to mm. a sense of presence of god but put him on a motorbike and going for a ride through you know some country lanes or some right. country roads where you've got some good twists he has a sense of presence of god and place and purpose in those moments so i think there's 
there's you know devotions bring us to that point but it's not the only point i think there's mm. there's moments in life when we are the best of who we are and even on our worst days there's even something in those moments that they can come before god as a point of connection and a point of stirring a point of wonder a point of oh this is a you know dang it mm. kind of a day um yeah. You know that it doesn't have to be. I'm, I'm only going to contain it to, to devotions. To this now. moment, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, when when the kids were little, I would, I would have my dear God moments. As, dear mm. God, please help us all survive the next five minutes. <laughs> dear God, please don't let right. me kill the children right now. Yes, um, and I think there's there's those things that actually really matter. You know, the point of this is horrible or this is fantastic. Mm. Is God a part of that, and how how is God a part of that? What does that enable us to? How does that enable us to connect with who God is? Mm. I know, I know. My devotions changed a little bit for me. I've shared this with my own congregation, but um, I stopped saying "Amen" in my prayers oh, because it kind yeah. of meant the conversation was over, and I thought I'd rather have the conversation continue. So, it's a little yeah. trick, little trick that I used to use. Well, I still use. Um, Denise, I'm going to jump around a little bit because there's certain things, certain questions I do want to get to. But um, I spoke on Sunday, you've spoken a little bit tonight about contentment when you spoke about um, people finding that sense of completeness. Maybe contentment is a word um, that could be used for that. Um, but when it comes to the soul, for me, remembering the source of that contentment, like the psalmist, is, is so crucial. Um, I spoke about that story of the house that went down the sinkhole because it just wasn't being cared for that well you know what's going on underneath not the visible um and it leads to this kind of heartbreaking moment of the soul has there been a time in your life where there has been a heartbreaking moment of the soul oh my word yes <laughs> we had we had i had um just started up i had a placement that went for two weeks in two weeks Perth. two weeks I had come out from um, some fraught dynamics um, as I finished with one placement and was stepping into another. And the colleague I was with, um, it was Joint Anglican Uniting Church Congregation, and the colleague I, colleague I was with there was, um, there was some um, dynamics that really, I came home, I would come home and I would put my head under the pillow and that was where I felt safe. Mm. And in the space of a week, I had lost about five kilos. And I'm going at, at this, I mean, I'm, I'm, there's not a lot of room for five kilos to disappear on this frame. There's a bit, but not a lot. You and I um, have uh, opposite problems. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to help share that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 I hit the wall spectacularly. And within two weeks of that placement, I, I could physically not enter it without right. literally lo I, I lost my soul. It was a situation where I lost my soul and, and I felt it physically, I felt it mentally and I felt it spiritually. And it took a significant period of time of healing and the healing needed to come in, it needed to come physically first, then I could... Then once, once I was a bit more stable physically, then I could enter into the mental healing that I needed to do. 
and then the spiritual healing could take place. Mm. But the, the sense of strength and the sense of um, one of the moments that was quite clear for me in that, that time period, that, that period of healing was we'd just come up through towards Easter and I was working through a book that was land, uh, prayer landscapes or landscapes of the soul, that kind of thing. And it was taking different landscapes and, mm-hmm. you know, how might this speak to our sense of, of spirituality? And the very first one was, was about a garden, you know, and to picture this kind of, you know, imagine this kind of garden and, and you know, what kind of plants might be a part of your soulscape with a garden. And I can distinctly remember that in, I had this beautiful garden behind a fence was right. the sense of picture I had. And on the outside of the fence by, this, by the gate was God crying and the tears were just falling and falling and falling mm. and falling. And I realised I had never cried in this time. I didn't need, I just wow. hadn't needed, felt I needed to. Um, the, the time that I entered into was a gift and I, I felt that right from the very beginning. But with this image of God crying outside the, the garden of my soul, um, I thought that's why I haven't been crying. God has done all of that. God has taken the, the, deep, the, the, the deep, deep hurt that has sit there and, and held that for me instead. Mm. Um, and it was a very powerful moment for me to just, yeah, very powerful moment. It, sure. And because it was around Easter, it was like it, it just added another layer in the Easter right. story of who God is. <laughs> what what is what is this? The, you know, Jesus on the cross takes all of our humanity and holds it, and tra- you know, in the in the the gift of resurrection transforms that to hope. And and I really felt that in in that whole journey, um, t- yeah, taking me through that. That's uh, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that with us, Denise. Appreciate that. Soul keeping. I mean, even in there, I'm just listening to the the, the kind of um, conversation that was going on in terms of you and God. Um, on Sunday, I spoke a little bit about the psalmist who speaks to the soul. Um, what did you think of that? How do you how do you respond to that? It's interesting because it's not something I would naturally tend to do. Mm. But I'm aware. I think it's it's more a case of I'm aware of of what sits within. Um, I'm more likely to have a conversation with God than I am with my soul. But to have an right. awareness of what's going on within in that conversation. Um, so it it might be more akin to you know, God, here I am, and I'm I'm searching, I'm yearning, I'm you know. Mm. Looking, hunting, trying to find what will nourish and nurture. Um, looking for my purple blanket under the gum trees because that's just, okay. <laughs> that's the grounding point. Um, yeah, so it's it's. But I think what the Psalms enable us to do is to give us a beginning point of language, right. to give us a beginning point of imagery, a beginning point of mm. um, of connection. Of you know, I I can't. You know, we struggle to find words to put things to, mm. to, to articulate what's going on. And I think the psalmist gives us a beginning point with which we can do that. Um, and gives, it gives us a language for the soul, I think. Mm. Um, and it, I often wonder if David was, wasn't depressed because there's the, some of the lament and some of the sense of despair 
can be you, when when you're in those places, you can resonate mm. with them so so strongly. Um, yeah, and I think that give us an entry point into that. We can own the hearts. We can own yeah. the despair. We can own the joy and celebration. We can own the hope. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I hadn't really noticed how much it happens in the in the Psalms until I sort of read this book and thought, wow, they, they really do do it all the time. Yeah. Um, so in terms of that that conversation, um, Denise, and you know, you've spoken a bit about when you were young and creation, and maybe some of the photographs. Bronwyn has said um, daily devotions uh, certainly don't need to be tied to reading. I love the link to God's creation. Which uh, leads me into the next question. How do you hear God speaking? How does God speak to your soul in that conversation? One of the things I've become more cognizant of, more aware of, more attuned to is this: is the sensing. I've, I've been connected in with um, Leprena, uh, Taz Congress here through my role. And one of the things that has become more and more invaluable is a sense of, I don't quite know how to explain it, but it's a sense of, of connection to the world around and listening in to what, what might be sitting within the world around us um, that, that God gifts us with creation, that we might see something that is magnificent of who God is. Mm. I think for me there's, there's some of that is... As I'm particularly like Mondays are a day where I just pick up the camera and I go go bush. Right. But a part of that is about how do I hear the sense of God's place and presence in the world as I step into the bush, as I you know, as I brush beside flowers, as I brush beside Tasmania's got some very unique um, right. flowers, and, and you go up onto Mount Wellington, Kanyani, and my goodness, there's there's an array of things there that I have not seen anywhere else. WA is the same. Um, you, 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 to go up into the snow fields and you've got pandanus plants and you're going, but you're tropical plants, what are you doing here with <laughs> snow on you? And yet it's a place where as you brush through, there's, a, there's just a sense of, yes, God is here too. And... Um, for me, just to watch the world enables me to watch God at play. Right. To watch the you know a creative hand at work, um, and I, and I think there's something too in in community mm. that um, a sense of community wrestling with and trying to connect with who is this God? What right. are the stories of our faith? Why do these matter? Why? What's the story going on for you at this point in time? And there's a sense in which the, the bouncing around of our stories um, can crack us open to God at work in our lives. The question that someone's bring, someone mm. brings, the insight that someone brings, the um, you know the heartache and pain, or the joy mm. and celebration, the transformative moment. Um, and and I think I. For me, the work of, the work of even theology is is really testing out our sense of thoughts with the collective community, with the traditions of our faith, with the biblical stories, with the experiences of life. How do they help? How do they help me to know this might be something of God? Um, mm. And and I think 
you know, there's there's that cert, there is that certain ground of contentment completion that actually says when when this is when God is at work in my life, this is what it feels like. This right. is this is when hope is brimming. This is what it feels like. Um, when I sit within the, the depths of grief and I'm just crying my heart out, but I have a sense of God's presence with me in that. This is, you know, that's that's what it's, I can, yeah, this is what it feels like. And sometimes mm. for me to use images and words and phrases help give a, a sense of that to, in expression. Cool. The um, I ended the sermon with a story about the guy who, who kind of fell into his father's arms and, uh, you know, his dad almost heard him say, all 33 years old, hold me tight, daddy. Um, can you share a time with us when, for you, the presence of God was just that amazing sense of just dependability on God, something of what you've been speaking of now? There's um, one of the things that, that I've had to learn has been to use my voice. Um and I think there's been moments when that has felt tested. And in the, the moments of rising to use my voice, particularly in situations of where you're having hard conversations with another person, mm. um, like I can distinctly remember sitting in a, in a meeting in Perth and some of the dynamics at the, in the church at the time were, were really quite toxic and I knew I needed to speak into that or to speak back, push back against that. And that, I mean, I, at different times in my life, I've had to do that, but there's always you know, the heart's beating a million miles an hour and you're just going, I don't know if I can, let me back away. But mm. I think they're those kinds of moments when without a sense of strength and source that is deeply embedded with God, I'm, I, I can't do that on my own. There's no way in the world I can do that on my own. But I, can, I know that when I've got that sense of grounding, when I've got that sense of utter dependability, rested in God, grounded, rooted, mm. you know, tentacles that, that are just... Right. Um, I know. <laughs> it's a great image, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> How do you explain that to someone? I don't know. Yeah. Put that one in a book. <laughs> um, then, yeah then I know I can rise up in those moments and speak what I need to speak because mm. I know I can't do it. it. I can't do it on my own. It's not within me to do that. Awesome. Denise, thank you very much. Our half an hour has has uh, flown by, but it's been absolutely awesome to talk to you. And thank you just for sharing with us some of your experiences, some of your insights, uh, some of your your ministry journey and, and just uh, being so open uh, with us. That's been fantastic it's been wonderful and i've loved seeing all the comments coming up the side that are just going hi hi back and uh i'm sure we'll all take with us the the image of uh, depending on god like tentacles just you know <laughs> that's yeah. great you'll just you'll have all these people in Bundaberg going around going <laughs> yeah <laughs> denise thank you very much give our love to Pleasure. jeff and to the girls and uh as I say, lots of love from all the folks here in Bundy to you and uh, and to the family as well. Thanks for sharing. No worries. Thank you. Go well, everybody. Cheers. Folks, thank you very much for being here and for watching. It's been another Connecting Conversations, and I uh, look forward to seeing you again next week with another guest.
Cheers.